I'm excited. This is, um, I'm loving this series, Hebrews chapter 11, and a series we're called Faith Life, where we're seeing, uh, looking at the old patriarchs from the Old Testament and learning how the writer of Hebrews talks about how faith has been the thing since the foundation of the world that pleased God and that it's impossible to please him without faith. And so we're looking at these old patriarchs and say, what, when we trust God, when we have faith, how does that reflect in our life and what does it look like? This morning we're looking at Abraham. Uh, last week, you remember, anybody remember the three people we talked about last week? It's a test. Y'all failed. I got Enoch, Noah, who's the other one? Abel, yeah, that was it. So we took three last week. Today's just one. Um, and we're looking at Abraham, and it, the message is called A Journey of Faith. I love adventure. Y'all like adventure? From the time Bethany and I have been together, um, we, we, we were married and actually we're going to school at Moorhead still. Uh, we lived in Moorhead, and we used to get in our car, and we loved going places we'd never been, even if it meant a street in Moorhead. Like, that was exciting for us. There was sometimes we would just take a road, like, we'd never been up that road, and we'd just go up that road. No idea where it went, where it was going to come out. And it was before Google Maps on the, on the phone. You remember Garmin or like those things? You, the old GP, we didn't have that. Like we didn't know where we were going. We would try to get lost and then find our way back. And uh, we just loved adventure. And, and this morning we're talking about Abraham and a, a time in his life where God invites him on an adventure. The missionary, Christian missionary uh, Watchman Nee said, The Christian experience from start to finish is a journey of faith. There's a great uh, Christian author, his name's Bob Goff, and he, he wrote this book. Uh, it's called Love Does, and he tells it about this story. Uh, one time, him and his buddy were in Washington, D.C., and they had suit and ties. He used to be an attorney. He'd been working. It was late at night, and he was down by the Capitol. And uh, there was all these barricades set up around the Library of Congress. So they started asking around, saying, what's going on? And they were actually filming National Treasure 2 at the time. And, uh, and they were doing the, 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 the Easter egg hunt. They had it all set up as fake, um, you know, all this stuff going on. And him and his buddy, they go back to their, their hotel and change into jeans and a T-shirt like the rest of the crew and come back down and sneak onto the set. Like they start walking through... And they just act like they're one of the movie crew, and they ask them for the badge. They're like, oh, we left our badge. And the security guard's like, again, these guys never have their badges, and let them go through. And so they actually go in, and uh, they watch Nicolas Cage and the, the scene in the Library of Congress get filmed, and then they sneak out afterwards. And he writes about this book, how he wasn't actually invited to that place, and how sometimes we always want to feel uh, invited he said stuff like, I've never been invited to the Oscars or to Paul McCartney's birthday party or to a space shuttle launch. I'm waiting for my invitation to National Treasure 3. <laughs> if I got an invitation to any of those things, I'd definitely go. There's nothing like feeling included. There's only one invitation that would kill me to refuse, yet I'm tempted to turn it down all the time. I get the invitation every morning when I wake up to actually live a life of complete engagement. A life of whimsy, a life where love does. It doesn't come in an envelope. It's ushered in by a sunrise, the sound of a bird, or the smell of coffee drifting lazily from the kitchen. It's the invitation to actually live, to fully participate in this amazing life for one more day. Nobody turns it down an invitation to the White House, but I've seen plenty of people turn down an invitation to fully live. 
Turning down this invitation comes in lots of flavors. It looks like numbing yourself or distract, distracting yourself or seeing something really beautiful as just normal. It can also look like refusing to forgive or not being grateful or getting wrapped around the axle with fear or envy. I think every day God sends us an invitation to live and sometimes we forget to show up or get head faked and to think we haven't really been invited. But you see... We have been invited every day all over again. This morning, I want to extend an invitation to you. An invitation to go on an adventure. An adventure with the one who made you. Who said, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. An adventure that we are calling the faith life. And so as we start to talk about this journey and we look at Abraham's journey, this is an invitation to leave the ordinary in your life and experience the extraordinary. To take a minute and see what is around you in the physical and say that's natural, but faith, in the first verse of Hebrews 11, it says faith is the evidence of things unseen. That you just take a minute and allow your heart to dream a little bigger and say, what are all these natural physical things around me? How can I see God and his presence in my life in a supernatural way? So this morning, we're going to look at the invitation that was given to Abraham. We're going to look at his response, and then we're going to look at his reward, and then we're going to apply that to our own life. Everybody ready for an adventure? All right, let's go. Abraham. A journey of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to start in verse 8. Uh, it's, the writer says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Stop right there on that verse and just hit pause for just a second. I want you to see here this invitation and if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, you find the original invitation when God goes to, his name was Abram at the time. God hadn't changed his name to Abraham. And he says, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Verse 2 and 3 of Genesis 12 says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. We find in this invitation to Abraham to leave something he knows and is comfortable with, even though it's a, it, Ur of Chaldees was actually the name of his hometown. Anybody been to the Ur of Chaldees? <laughs> Not on your bucket list. Uh, it's actually modern-day Iraq now. Uh, so if you wanted to go there, you could. It's a modern-day Iraq. And God, Abraham didn't know at the time where he was going, but God was calling him to go into the land of Canaan, the promised land, which is Israel. And uh, so he, he's called out of this place to leave, and that's the only step he's been given at this time. But God sees the whole picture, and I thought, man, that'd be cool. We got Google Maps now. I want to see how you get from Ur of Chaldees to Jerusalem. And so I actually put it in Google Maps, and, and, and I got it. But, and I'm going to share it with you in just a second, but this is really all that Abraham got. Do you feel like that in your life sometimes? And, and all you see is like this step that doesn't make, really make sense. 
and, and God is seeing this. He's got the whole map, and he knows where the traffic is, and, and, and like he, he's got it all figured out, but he doesn't reveal all that to us at one time. It's a simple request. Leave. Jesus to, to Matthew, to Peter, it was a simple request. Follow me. One step. So this is what I imagine Abraham getting. This is the actual thing. You know, if you, if you go Google it and you look at the step by step, you know, first was head east. That's why I want you to settle on that for a minute. We're going to come back to it in the end. I, w- I want to say, watch your head east. I want you to be thinking about it. Whether you're still in the Ur of Chaldees, you're halfway to the Canaan's land. I don't know where you're at on your journey of faith. But there's one call, each and every one of us wake up every day with an invitation from God to head east. To live a life of faith in Him. And so you head east, and you're like, all right, I'm here. And He's like, okay, now turn right. Now turn left. And the entire time he's seeing this. Okay? He knew you actually chose you from before the foundations of the world. Like to get to that destination, you have to live a life of faith. You have to trust Him. Every single step of the way, you have to trust Him. He sees the big picture, but most of us are here, right? So what's Abraham's response? That's his invitation. Leave. Oh, and also, let me go back here to uh, this promise he gave Abraham. If you leave, I promise you, you're going to be a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you famous. Uh, You'll be a blessing to others. Uh, uh, All the families of earth will be blessed through you. On down in there in Genesis, you'll find where he promises. He tells Abraham, listen. Your descendants, they're going to be more than the sands, grains of sand on the seashore. You're going, to have, you're going to be a father to that many people. All right, that's the promise to Abraham. So he's at, he's at head east. And so we find in, in verse 8, at the end of it, it says he left. He went not knowing where he was going. He went not knowing. Now to me, that sounds fun. Somebody came to me after the first service, like, that scares me to death. I'd like to know where I'm going, what time I'm going to get there, and how long it's going to take, how much gas I need to get, what are the restaurants, what's, what's around the restaurants, who are the people, right? That's kind of the gist I was getting. And sometimes that's how we want to be in our life. Like, we want to know all the details and make for certain. And God says, follow me. That simple. Head. Ease. So Abraham's got this promise he'll be a father of many nations. God's going to give him this land in the land of Canaan. So we see his, uh, uh, we, we see his invitation. We see his response. In the NIV translation of Hebrews 11.8, it actually says, uh, it says, so he went. God told him to go, so he went. So I want, I want you to just pause for a second. Remember last week when I said, obedience will not get you into heaven. And everybody went, did the preacher just say that? (laughs) Obedience will not get you into heaven. And what I meant by that was like trying to do all the things right and go to church and be all the things to all the people and think of what a Christian is in your mind. I'm going to try to be that. And if I can be that good enough and I can get it, I can get to heaven. 
it'll never get you there. That's what I meant. Like it's faith in Jesus alone is all that gets you to heaven. He did all that work. Let yourself go a minute. Don't carry the burden and the pressure of that. All right? But there's a beautiful thing here in that, that Abraham went, and it says he went by faith. And so in that, what I want to tell you is there's no such thing as believing God and not wanting to obey him. <laughs> okay? So is obedience a part of a Christian life? Absolutely. God calls us into that, gives us uh, the guidelines to live life by, but we don't try to live life by them simply because they are rules to, because we have to do this, all right? Because what happens is this, this, this beautiful thing, and it's called repentance. All right, you, you don't turn from sin just by trying harder to turn away from it. God teaches us in his word that the way we turn away from sin is to turn to him. You're actually in your life seeing the, the grace of Jesus Christ. And out of gratitude, as you return to him, if you believe him to be who he is and what he claimed to be, that he was God, that he went to the cross, that he died for you and me, and that he was resurrected on the third day, you believe that, then you want to be like that. You want to follow him. And if you believe him, there's no such thing as, I believe all that, now I'm not going to do any of it. Like when you've given him your all, you obey him. And so as you're turning to him, you don't even realize you're turning from the old idols in your life. You're turning from the things that you were addicted to. You're turning from the sinful things that were so tempting to you. You're turning from, from the money that you thought was everything. You tried to get over it, but all of a sudden you turn to Jesus and went, wait, money matters? What's that? Like you don't get over those things by running from them and turning from them. You get away from them by turning to him. You turn to Jesus. And that's exactly what Abraham did. So I... As you think just through this this morning, where's your Ur of Chaldees? Where did you start? And maybe you're on a journey. Maybe you're halfway. Maybe you've accepted Christ and you've stepped out of the Ur of Chaldees and you're really just following God. Wasn't like Abraham decided to leave Ur of Chaldees. He decided to follow God. And in doing so, he left the past behind. We find when we have faith, we move, we work, we go. We live different. Um, just a quick point here. This is not, Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Fame of Faith, not the Hall of Fame of Fear. There will be some people who will try to get you to Jesus out of fear, that want you to live in obedience to his word out of fear. There is nowhere in Hebrews chapter 11 that it says, by fear Abraham left Ur of Chaldees. It was by faith. He left and followed Jesus. He had the invitation. We see his response. He goes. He obeys. Uh, and just like Abraham, we've been called. We've been invited to leave sin in our life to leave that sinful place, to leave the place of hopelessness where the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin are death. And God has just invited us. He sent his son out of just like moving heaven and earth to save you from the condition that you are in with your opportunity to receive it. You've been invited to leave 
that place. I want you to see Abraham's reward. He was invited. He responded. He was obedient. He went. You think, oh, this is good. So he's going to go there. He's going to have this promised land, milk and honey, big estate. He's going to have so many kids. Everything's going to be good. It says, and even when he reached the land God promised him, when he got there, he had to live there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. So what, what I want you to hold on to here for just a minute is that God is not Amazon Prime. That Abraham's reward was not in this life. That he had been promised all those things, he obeyed, he responded, and, and he goes to the land of Canaan, and he gets there, and you think, well, it's going to be, this should be great once he gets there, and, and we find him living in tents. It says he was like a foreigner. It means he didn't even fit in with the people, he didn't talk like them, he didn't look like them, he stuck out like a sore thumb, it was weird that he was there, they're like, why are you here? And he's like, I mean, I'd probably be saying, God's giving me all this, y'all need to go, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that. But, but he is by faith living there into the promise that God has given him. And it, and it, says, it says that Abraham looked to heaven. Verse 10 in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. That season in your life where you say, well, God called me. I headed east. I obeyed, and now I'm in it, and it's a mess. you got to remember that this is not about you, that this was not about Abraham. And that Abraham, in the middle of that, and you're going to get there. You're going to help somebody that takes advantage of you. You're going to be like, why did I even do it? You're going you're, you're gonna to have a family member that you thought had it resolved, and then they're going to break your heart. All right, you're going to be called into these things that God wants you to do, and it's not going to go the way you thought it would. If I'm Abraham, I'm mad, all right, because I'm a human being. And, like, I followed you, God. I came out of where I known. I left everything. I came into this place, and here I am living in a tent. And I'll just be honest, I don't like sleeping in a tent. Did it one time, I think. I'm not a camper. I'm not that guy. Got one amen. He was not focused on tomorrow. He was not focused on today. This is not a prosperity gospel. That actually you can give your all for Christ. Think of Stephen who was martyred the first thing. He gave it all and he was murdered for it. I'm asking you, is that what you're willing to accept in following Christ? Because once you give your life to him, it's not about you. He becomes a vessel that you become a vessel that he lives through to reach your neighbor, to reach your family, to reach the, the person that double quick you go by, the, the person who works beside you at work. It becomes about Jesus being real and relevant in a broken world so I ask you this morning where are you on your journey of faith 
because I love this. Because uh, in this passage, we're not going to go through verse by verse. But if you get into Hebrews 11, you get down to 12 through 13, I think, or 11 through 13. It talks about Sarah, just Abraham's wife. And, you know, you may know the story of Abraham is, is that God promised him a son and, and who the promise would go through and become a, 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 the seed of many nations, father of many nations. And uh, Abraham gets frustrated. It goes a decade after he gets that promise that he's not had a son, makes a mistake, has a child by his maidservant. Sarah agrees. It's Ishmael. It's not the right. God, it, it wasn't the right decision. They, they almost messed it up, but God's sovereign and powerful. And so God comes to Abraham again and says, hey, Sarah's going to have a baby. Sarah's in the tent over here, and she goes, <laughs> I'm, I'm 100 almost. Not having a baby, like to herself, laughing to herself. And and this is what the Lord said to Abraham. Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? I want you to look at verse 14. If you have a Bible, if you have an app, highlight it, circle it. Because you need to hear this right now this morning. Because God said to her, Is anything too hard? For the Lord. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You go on to those next verses. She says, I didn't laugh. God went, yes, you did. I'm God. <laughs> like, I know you laughed. <laughs> and so right now, there are things. I want you to circle that anything. I want you to say, I want you to figure out what is it in your life you've given up on? What is the thing? What is the relationship that you think can never be restored? What is the addiction, drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it is that you think I can never overcome? What is it that you say this can never, what is the child that you've given up on that you think they've just lost their ever-loving mind that you've given up? What are the things that you've, 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 you've taken anything out and you've, you've said that's too hard for the Lord? Like, you've not come out and said that, but in your heart you have. And this morning, I want you to replace it and say, is anything too hard for the Lord? See, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. God calls you out of the Ur Chaldees. You have an opportunity to respond to put your faith in him, to trust him, to head east, to take a step in his direction. Your reward will not be a perfect Christian life that just looks straight off of a Lifeway book or whatever, you know. This is not what he's calling you into. He's calling you into a life of service and humility to him. The reward is not on this earth, it is eternal, it's looking forward. So this morning I ask you, where are you on your journey of faith? What's your head east? What's the thing today God's saying, step this direction? Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, uh, forgive the person. God's want me to do that by faith. Maybe, maybe it's write the note. Maybe, uh, maybe it's go talk to the neighbor you usually just talk about. 
Whatever your head east is, whatever, I want you to tell you, it's not going to be one. It's going to be then go south, then turn left, then turn right. And, and you're going on a, an adventure with God, and it's incredible. I want to share one we just recently went on with God. And it's just been in the, uh, it's just happened in the last couple of weeks, or well, over the last couple of years, maybe over my life. All right, it's, it's from the foundations of the world. God has been at work. Can we debate that? No, God has been at work. So, you know uh, Faith Life Market. I want to share this, share this story in closing. Uh, Faith Life Market is our coffee shop um, and thrift store that our church operates two blocks away from here over on Division Street. If you've never been there, you should go there. If you like Starbucks, you'll love this. It's way better, fresher coffee. Just saying. A little, little plug. Uh, Faith Life Market, two blocks away. This was a head east moment for our church three years ago, two years ago. Uh, it started from uh, a thrift store that we had over here on uh, College Street. The thrift store started because there's a lady in here that runs, I just forgot the name of the shop, the dress, the Kato's. He said, hey, we got these some clothes to donate. I'd like to give them to the church. That turned into a thrift store. Uh, and then we, the thrift store outgrew the space over here on College Street. And we were going to move it, we thought, over to Division Street. We really didn't know. It was way too big. It was twice the rent. But God said, rent that place. So we rented it in March of 2020. <laughs> Y'all remember March of 2020? The next week, you couldn't leave the house. Like, we didn't even get the stuff moved. We signed the lease. We didn't know what was going on. It was like, here we are. We're in this place. Four months later, God said, open the place. I just felt it in my soul, my bone, like we just got to get it open. Didn't know it was going to be a coffee shop, but the coffee shop's closed. God said, just make it a coffee shop and a thrift store. And I thought, that's crazy. I love it. <laughs> I want to be like Noah. I want to have crazy faith. I want to do stuff that doesn't make sense to everybody else. And so we, we opened this coffee shop and thrift store, and we head east, and then we turn left, and we turn right. So story is about this couple that's on the screen, Larry and Chastity Rogers, um, just a, a, within the last couple weeks, uh, they love to get old furniture and refinish it and um, put it in their house, so they go to some estate sales. And so there was an estate sale in Langley, Kentucky, which is in Floyd County, uh, and they were going to go, ended up, uh, Cooper had a ball game, and so uh, Chastity went to the ball game with him, Larry goes to the estate sale, and they've got some pretty neat old furniture. And uh, the lady who had passed away, this is in Floyd County, was actually from Italy and was a painter. That's pretty cool. And so her daughter, who lives in Pennsylvania, was there taking care of the estate and the cell that day. So Larry calls Chastity and says, hey, you, you need to come see this stuff. I'll come get you after the game, and let's come back down here, and let's look at the furniture and talk to this lady. I think you will really love her. And, uh, and, and so they get back down there, so they're talking about everything, and they walk into this one room, and it's just full of books. And uh, the daughter, her name is Angela, she says, I don't know what we're going to do with all these books. And so Larry speaks up and says, hey, our church runs a thrift store and a coffee shop, and uh, we'd be happy if you wanted to donate those there, if you wanted to put them on consignment, or if we could help in some way. And uh, she said, where's your church and what's the what's the name of the coffee shop and thrift store and they said faith life market in pikeville and she said i know faith life market i probably can't tell it without crying 
Um, she said, I don't know Faith Life Market. And, uh, and she said, when her mom passed away, her family stayed in Pikeville because the, the hotels were here. And said they went to this little coffee shop downtown. That was the best coffee. Second person said that today. <laughs> so it's really cute. Like, you got to go see it. They were telling Angela, you got to go see this place. It was, uh, it's just incredible. And um, I might be embellishing there. I don't know exactly what they said. They said, amazing best coffee shop in the world. <laughs> Something like that. And so Angela ended up coming to the, the coffee shop. She came to Faith Life Market. And she, again, agreed it was really good coffee. And uh, she bought a few things. And, and we do this thing when, when somebody buys something, we stick this little card down in the bag. And we've got a stack of cards there. They've got a note written on them. It, it, has anybody in here received one of those cards in here? Hands all over the place. And, and so they just stuck a, stuck a card in the bag. And, uh, and so she's telling Lane Chasta this story. And she said, you'll never know what happened, how this God spoke to me through this. She says, after my mom died, like my family, y'all know what happens. Like, we, we, we're not getting along. There's dissension. All right? And so she says, I've got the card that was in the bag sitting in my dining room, sitting up on the cabinet in my home in Pennsylvania. And so later she sent uh, Chastity a picture of that card. And this was the card that said, love them anyway. She said, I was right in the middle of this. It's like God speaking to me, reminding me. And so she's choked up just telling the story. And Larry says, my wife Chastity wrote that card. Angela breaks down, crying, hugging Chastity. Like, here's, there's no way in the world this is a random circumstance. Do you hear me? The angel's going through this difficult time in our life. And see, we thought we're making the, I thought I was making the market because it'd be cool and I always wanted to own a coffee shop. And I don't even own it. The nonprofit owns it. But I still live vicariously through it. I thought it'd be cool. You see, we're two years in. It's never broke even. We got six baristas that love each other one day, hate each other the next day. <laughs> like people have given to help get it through month to month. The church has given. You all have helped. You all have blessed it. You've bought coffees there. And I thought, man, maybe God just moved heaven and earth to open this one little place to speak into Angela's life. If that's all it was, that one thing, that car is still sitting somewhere in Pennsylvania. Because a bunch of people headed east and turned left and turned right. And we're still there. I'm no different. I'm going to close this morning. And um, I've given you the invitation to go on an adventure with God. I use this story as an illustration to say it's not an exercise in futility. Like when you trust him, you better watch out. He will not fail you. Okay. And so I'm going to do something I don't usually do.
Um, I'm going to sing a song. I changed mics and everything. So is it, I don't know when. I, so this is a song I wrote. And for me, this is super emotional. I probably won't get through it because I not only do I not sing very often, I don't sing stuff I write. Um, but I wrote this song about 15 years ago. And for me, it was about uh, I was feeling God's call into my life to, to preach. I don't know if I'd preached the first sermon yet. Um, I know around this time I took public speaking at the community college in the summer with four people. <laughs> like you, you, If you could take a snapshot of mine and Bethany's life when I wrote this song and then fast forward to say here's where Jared will be. Like when you, when you head east, you don't know 20 seconds from now, you don't know 20 minutes from now, 20 days from now, 20 months, 20 years. Where God is going, I'd have never guessed this. And nobody, <laughs> nobody else would have either. And so this was a song I wrote in that season of my life. Uh, this is not the invitation. We'll get the real band to come up and sing the song after this. But this is just a song I wrote. It was between me and God, and I'm going to share it with you all this morning. Understand how I fit into your plan, why you would ever need this helpless man. I can't understand why you need a failure like me. But I feel your call upon my soul and tug upon my heart. I know you've got some greater plan I can't understand had you someone like me but I can be thankful right but I'm thankful for the cross that you bore and the crown of thorns that you wore and the love you poured out that day for the grace that you gave and for this life that you saved and for your plan that I can't understand. Because, Lord, I fail you every single day you see, but your blessings, they never cease. I can't understand. Bless someone like me. So all I am and all I have, I lay before your throne today. And you've given so much more, I can't understand. Why you died for someone like me. crown of thorns that you wore and the love you poured out that day for the grace that you gave and for all these lives that you saved and for your plan that I can't understand 
for the grace that you gave in this one life that you have saved for your plan that I can't understand. Guys, we're going to get our worship team up here. We're going to sing one more song this morning. seen the Christmas story the Red Rider, the BB gun no, yes you know the part where they dare, double dog dare triple dog dare, what is it him to stick his tongue to that pole you're like where is this going I don't know, like it's probably not the pastor or the Christian thing to do, but like I want to double dog dare you to accept this invitation. To accept the invitation for to walk this life with Jesus and see how he flips the world upside down around you. How he changes your heart into a way that you didn't even know. Like I thought that was stony and cold and now it's beefy. As simple as just head and eat. said, I am the way, the truth, and the life.
I worship you. Yeah, I worship you, Lord. And you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. And you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. A couple months ago, uh, me and Nikki had our beautiful baby girl, and uh, Nikki wasn't progressing, and the doctors came in, and they told us that, you know, if she didn't start progressing, that Nikki was going to have to have an emergency C-section, and uh, I texted everybody in the group message, I had a group message, and I said, just just start praying for, for me and my wife and my baby. Everybody started praying. And uh, I got in the car to go get everybody some food. And, and this song came on, Waymaker came on. And it wasn't much longer after that, just that next morning, that our baby was born. So don't tell me that my God's not a waymaker, because he is. And this morning, my wife's being baptized. So don't tell me that he's not a way maker because he is. And I hope and pray that if you're in here this morning and he's not made a way in your life that he does today. You might not have realized it, but already some point in your life he's already made a way for you. And I'm so glad that he's the way maker for me. He's the way maker for my wife, my family, for everyone in this building. church. I'm thankful for God and all he's done. Give us just a minute. We're going to get ready for Nikki's baptism and you can celebrate that with us.
guys, this is such an honor to get to uh, be a part of this with, with Nikki and Devin, and uh, so thankful for Choice to go all in with Jesus. We know that uh, the baptism is just that moment. It's really the first step of obedience after following Jesus. He says, go get in the water and just let this be an illustration that the old is gone and the new has come to life. Come on in, kids. Oh, let's see. Let's, well, whatever. You know, we're a family here. Family celebrate together. And so we're going to celebrate with Nikki. I'm going to let you stand on this side, okay, buddy? Right there. Oh, you want to get down? Stand right here. But this is really just uh, the first step of obedience when you say, I follow Jesus and I want the world to know it. It's going in this water. So guys, let's just, uh, let's just celebrate this time with Nikki. Nikki, you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for you, that he was uh, resurrected on the third day uh, so that you could have hope and live forever. You believe that this morning? Amen. Upon her repentance and her profession, her faith in Jesus Christ, it's my honor to baptize Nikki in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey. Amen. Amen. Guys, if you're a guest, if, you're, if you want to stick around and find Nikki when she gets out and give her a hug, we'd love for you to do it. I'm going to pray us and dismiss with prayer, and if you need to go, you can go. Has God been good this morning? Amen. Let's give him a big hand. Thank you. God, we thank you for this service today. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. This is the truth and the truth is in you, and we just celebrate the power of Jesus today, and we want to make his name real and relevant to all our neighbors here in Pikeville. God, we trust you to call us into this work. We give you, uh, we, we turn our lives, our ministry over to you and just say, do it. Do what you want to do in Pikeville, and we'll follow right along. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Guys, you have a great Memorial Day weekend.